cool. Hello, and welcome to episode 75 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, some huge friggin' guy, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello. Shit, I had something for this. <laughs> Why don't you make like a tree and get the fuck out of here? We're <laughs> <laughs> throwing start. Al, on this week's episode, we're going to discuss the 2019 Oscar nominations. We're also going to share some assorted news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, The Boondock Saints. But before we get into that, Al, what are we drinking? We're drinking Jersey Girl Brewing Company Sunkissed Citra India Pale Ale. Um, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that this must have been selected by Anthony. Mm. Because it's got citra hops in it. No, it's, <laughs> no, a, wait, I think I think one time I found one specifically. I think it was when we did Citra Hop Live. I did it yeah. for you um, because I know that's what you like. You're appreciated. Uh, thank you. It's nice to be appreciated. <laughs> um, this was brewed with citra and centennial hops. It's 5.5% alcohol by volume. We are not using the proper glass, which this is so helpful as to have indicated to us what we really? should use. We need a tulip glass for this. Oh, I haven't had those. Um, I have one, but it's like a taster glass, so we would have been able to probably fit a quarter of one of these in it. Fantastic. It comes in pints, comes as in always. Pints. Ain't nothing in the world like a Jersey Girl beer. It's bored and bored, born and brewed in New Jersey. This New England-style IPA is a silky citrus bomb. We used a heavy dose of citra hops and complemented it with a soft, piney touch of centennial to create a sun-kissed delight. It's a hoppy ale. Enjoy fresh. And, well, I'm going to take his advice because it says drink now. Oh, excellent. Cheers. Cheers. In hindsight, we probably should have done a Kevin Smith movie with us. Because Jersey Girl? Mm-hmm. Not specifically Jersey Girl. Uh, not his movie. I, I would not be right. interested in doing no. that movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never seen it from, from what I've heard. It's one of his most panned movies. Um, and not even one that's a cult classic. Is that his? I don't even remember. Yes. It is not part of the View Askew universe, but right. it is one of his movies. I actually, I did watch it, like, um, it was just like on at one point. I don't remember where. Like, I think Old, old Department. I watched it. I, I didn't hate it. The funny thing is, per our conversation, if it wasn't one of his movies... George Carlin was in it, and I thought that was excellent, the role that he played. Well, George Carlin and Ben Affleck are in it, so it's a pretty good indication that it's right. a Kevin right. Smith movie. But uh, per our conversation last night, this is where, had I been wrong, it would have been great if we had Ron Howard narrating, yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't. Actually, no, I, I, the more I'm thinking about it, I actually, I, I did, I enjoyed it, I just remember there was like a, you know, every, it's one of those ones that people are vocal about hating so, so much. Among the many bad movies that Ben Affleck's done... Uh, it's certainly no Gili, from what I understand. <laughs> that's the one I was thinking of. That's what was in my head that's as not being his. a really bad movie. Right, that's not his. That's just Ben Affleck. Bad movie. Supposedly bad movie. And here's where I'm going to go. I've never seen it. I cannot pass judgment on this movie. You and me have talked about this yesterday. Much like, <laughs> though I'm sure it's better than, much like the Star Wars holiday special. I have never heard a single person say a single good word about this movie. That okay. movie. So... I'm going to just be inclined to believe the masses, despite the fact that I generally like to make my own opinion, even if I don't mind it being informed by others. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. I like that. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, How do you want to start this off? Do you want to do your news and nuggets, or do you want to just dive right into these Oscar nominations? Um, Well, we'll we'll, we'll sandwich the the Oscar nominations, because I have two small nuggets. Okay. Um, First nugget. Sopranos. They are doing a prequel film 
called The Many Sainted... The Many Saints of Newark. I thought it was The Many Sainted Men. It's The Many Saints of Newark. Okay. It's a prequel movie taking place in, I think, 1967 around the riots in Newark. Um, and it's supposed to be featuring more of some of the people they've referenced or shown in flashbacks in the show, like Tony's father, um, his Uncle Junior, who's in the show, but as a younger man, uh, and Dickie Moltisanti, who The Many Saints of Newark was a reference to something he said, I think. Okay. Uh, despite the fact that, to the point of the show that I'm in, and I'm nearly done with it, I don't think he's ever oh, really? actually you're, been in... You're cruising through? Yeah, I'm in the fifth season. There's six seasons all oh, the six oh, seasons. Six? It's a double season, so it's basically more like seven. What is a double season? Well, because all their seasons were 12 or 13 episodes, okay. and it's like 20 or 24 okay. for the second... They've okay. released it as a two-part... The way that the final season of Breaking Bad was, oh. they released it as a... Part A, Part B gotcha. type of deal. Okay. Instead of one season run like it had been previous. I was under the impression that it was, it was much more than that. I thought it was like an eight or nine season. No, series. although at the end, I mean, the episode total is kind of similar to what yeah. that would have been. All right. Um, All right. Functionally, it's basically like a seven season show. Gotcha. Um, but the big news about this, because there's been news and dribs and drabs about some casting and this and that, but the biggest one is this week they announced that they are casting young Tony as. Michael Gandolfini, James Gandolfini's son. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, um, I was. I was, for some reason in my, the reason why I paused there for a second was my mind is just it's not a hundred percent working. Um, so much. So you've that, been awake long enough. I know. Man. It's I've, I've been off this week, but for, I think that's what it is. I am not. I'm off. I'm not working this week. And I think my, I'm just confused all around. Uh, so much so that I, I've already ruined the show partially because, uh, one, uh, as you'll probably notice, there was the horrible, there's going to be a horrible edit in the beginning because the recording just stopped. Not actually my fault. Okay? Uh, what is my fault is we didn't talk about the beer at all. But we'll go back to I that. was going to wait until you finished talking it, to yeah. say we never actually discussed no, no, we the didn't. beer. We're, we'll, uh, we're going to go back so, to that. So, so much for that polish, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to get at though was... Uh, the reason why my my brain just skipped a beat there was the uh, I was I was for whatever reason I was thinking of James Gandolfini as the actor for whatever reason I was thinking of that as the character name no. and I thought you were saying that the character's son in the show was playing him and then it, and then my brain kicked it into gear the guy inside woke up and he was like. Oh, that's really cool. That's actually a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And the, it'll, the, oh, you know, they'll have I'll that flush a little. He even looks quite a bit like him. So oh, wow. That's perfect. That's great. That's really cool. Yes. That's I like that. I like I like that attention to detail. That That's going to add. Yeah. Um, and he was in The Deuce. Did you watch that show? I have not watched. There's been a couple seasons now. And that also is an HBO show. So okay. it's kind of cool. It's not like it's like he's... I mean, I don't know, he may have acted in other things, but I don't think he's particularly well-known as an actor yet in his life. Mm -hmm. um, but it's good that he's at least got something under his belt. There's that in-house feel of HBO. They do. I do like that, for whatever reason, HBO, and to a certain extent Showtime, too, mm. does a good job of recycling their actors into other shows on their network. Oh, okay. Um, like, Damian Lewis was a star the first couple seasons of Homeland. Mm. Now he's the star, or one of the 1A and 1B of... Billions, um, HBO has recycled people like that as well. Um, Michael Kenneth Williams was a bit part in The Sopranos, and then ended up being a very important actor in The Wire, basically almost playing the same kind of character. Oh. Um, actually, a certain reading of it, you could even make him be the thread that ties those two shows together in part of a larger universe. There's nothing that, to say that it couldn't be, honestly, because he's, again, basically playing the same character. <laughs> 
Sweet. Uh, the beer. Yes. This. Uh, Wait, before we get to the beer, I'll yeah. just since I have this thing, yeah, I'll yeah. just I'll mention if anyone hasn't uh, noticed this or hadn't heard much about it and is interested in the movie. Um, the other people who have been listed in the cast uh, so far is Alessandro Novola, Vera Farmiga. I thought you were going to tell me Alessandro Valsi, and I thought this was like. I'm an actor now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? John Bernthal, Billy Magnuson, and Corey Stoll. My dude. Who? John Bernthal? John, the Punisher. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty good cast. I don't know uh, Navola or Magnuson, but Vera Farmiga is good. John Bernthal's good. Corey Stoll's good. So. Nice. I, I'm, I'm curious. I think out? I'll be... It's a good question. I think I'll be perfectly set up to watch this when it's ready, because I'll be done with the show by then, which is... Pretty uh, excellent planning on my part. <laughs> is this something that's going to be in theaters? I don't know, actually. Interesting. I think it might just be like released movie. on HBO. Um, Going the Netflix route. They've done well. They've done a few of these things yeah. now because they, they did um, the one on uh, LBJ where Brian Cranston yeah, played I LBJ to see that. and um, all, the guy the Anthony Mackie played all the way. And Anthony Mackie played Martin Luther King, and there was a bunch of other. Right. Good act. Stephen Root played. Uh, I like Anthony Mackie. What's his name? The CIA guy. Whose name? I'm the guy who like ran the CIA for a long ass time. Who was super weird and probably a criminal when you consider all the acts that he actually did. Mm. Um, the guy everyone was afraid of. Whose name I can't think of right now because. Oh my god. Did you drunk with Blake? This is really funny. I'm just watching you struggle. There's pain behind those eyes. I actually don't. <laughs> it's only one thing for that. Surfing. Surfing. Weed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, actually, you, you don't know the date you said. No, it wasn't in that article when I looked real quick. I'd be so. curious because like, I do want to, as you know, I want to watch the show. People are, are bugging me to watch the show. Mm. And I was thinking, Jed, you're should, should I... <laughs> <laughs> the vacuum guy? The... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but that's um. Wait, you've got a direct line to J. Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> the the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I could watch the um this prequel first. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Movie all around. If you want to watch it chronologically, like doing doing a uh, Star Wars watch starting with Episode One. Yeah, it'll be like I'll be I'll be primed for that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know so, if I should do that. Now let's Fine. talk about the beer. <laughs> it also helps, it also helps me push out the. Uh, me watching this series a little bit more because there's so many things I'm trying to watch right now. Yes. Um, well, we discussed it last night in my excellent cell job where I give you the tools to be your own boss. I mean, yeah. <laughs> where I give you the encouragement to watch a show yeah. without just browbeating you over it, but yeah, just giving you little nuggets of stuff that you look forward to. If you guys uh, have been listening long enough, you'll know that when Al suggests something, at some point or another, I end up watching it. And it's because he does it so well. Yes. He suggests things so well to me. One, you give me ideas of things. I generally can trust your opinion. We, we agree on everything. Just the fact that the two of us are, you know, hell bent on showing that episode eight was a great movie. Uh, <laughs> the, it's just that I know that our opinions pretty much align as far as movies and TV are concerned. For the most part, I'm they, glad well, they, we have, we have our Align is the right word because even when we disagree with things, we understand why yeah. it works for the others. So That's we true. have a very good working knowledge mm-hmm. of each other's tendencies and likes and dislikes where. It ends up being a real surprise to either of us when one of us doesn't like something, you know what I mean? But then we ultimately, like 99.9% of the time, at least get why it is once the other explains it. Right. So, even though we don't always agree, we are very well aligned. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. And it, I feel like that's what, that works for us, as far as, especially if we're doing the show. But you don't, you don't push the thing. You don't say, like, you just explain that you like it and why you like it. You never say, you should watch this. 
Well, I do that the first time. Like, hey, I'm watching this thing. You should watch it. You'd like it. Yeah. But then I don't keep doing that thing. You just, I just, when, you just something, nuggets. when something comes to my mind that I find particularly great, I bring it up to you, and then that ends up being added up in the column, and when that column reaches critical mass, eventually you get to right, it. Right, exactly. And then I blow past you and watch the entire series. That one was <laughs> unprecedented. It was, incre- it was pretty incredible. Mm. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, so it, it's coming. I will watch it eventually, but the, like I said, there's too many, there are too many things going on right now, including shows that are now currently airing that I watch, and then it's like, there's just so much to watch. Plus, now you have so many channels. All 52. <laughs> I have all 52 channels. The antenna is connected. Um, the saga is over, a long national nightmare as well. There were issues. Those issues have... Been resolved. Been ignored. <laughs> For those those issues have been addressed. They piece, don't appear piecemeal. to be a problem. <laughs> um, we're just going to leave that there. <laughs> we'll that we never looked into that, which, considering when we were talking about it, you were not in really a great condition to do troubleshooting of, oh, yeah, of electrical I work. I was, I, was, I was three beers in, all of which were over 8%. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so I wasn't going to deal with that. But, uh, no, actually, yeah. So we hooked up the antenna. Uh, it's in the attic. It is in above the-, the kitchen table because I knew that that's where I can get Channel 11. Yes, As our story last week showed. Uh, and it did not... It, I scanned at first and I got like 14 channels and I was like... <sighs> Goose frog. Like, I know this is not correct. So... I, I I thought I, I thought about it. I was gonna go up there. I was gonna tweak it a little bit and then try to scan again. And I was like, you know what? Let me just let me just hit the button one more time. Let me just scan one more time. Fifty two channels. <laughs> like, okay, cool, perfect. Next time you do, you're gonna have fifty seven. So we have live TV. Uh, if you're if you're familiar at all with Plex, if not, you should check it out. I have it hooked up to my Plex account. I can watch the live TV wherever I want. I can watch it on my phone, out on the go. I can also. It's it will also, make you watch it in sixty second bursts. No, no. <laughs> it's also in good because that's how I watched the last fifteen minutes of Jaws. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it's also DVR, uh, the DVR setup, so it will record shows for me. You can set up a sketch. It's beautiful. It works so well, and uh, I, I'm blown away. And honestly, this is perfect timing because the reason why I wanted it set up was Oscars. specifically for the Oscars, and we'll get into those nominees in a minute. But first, let's get to the beer. But first, the beer. Uh, now that you, maybe this is good. Maybe we should do this. Intro the beer, drink it through a little bit, and then we can discuss it because we'll have you know we'll have tasted it a while. Also, excellent th- thought experiment because this is the first time. Thought, thought, thought experiment. <laughs> I've been struggling. I've, thoughts about this. I've been, <laughs> I've been struggling with properly enunciating all words uh, in the last couple of days because I'm gonna show my ability to breathe through my nose oh, yeah. comes and goes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, thoughts sometimes come out like that. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so I, we'll, we'll see. This is the first time in a long time, if not the first time ever, where the first calories I've ingested for the day were of the alcoholic variety. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that strong. There's like two calories only in coffee, right? a pint. <laughs> it's only a pint. And um, I have a pretty, pretty good constitution for that anyway. 5.5? 5.5. Okay. Um, so bad. So, like I said, Thort experiment here. This was one of the ones, um, this beer is actually kind of old. Uh, I got it this summer, actually. It told me to drink it fresh. I apologize. You fuck. It's actually, uh, you know what, hang on, I think I may, actually, I may have improved this beer. So we bought the beer over the summer when we were at the lake house. This is one of the two or three that I had bought. We already did one of them. It was the one with the, uh, the, hip, the hippopotamus with the, it wasn't Jersey, it was River Horse. River Horse. It was the hippopotamus holding the weights. Yes, that's right. Uh, and... The same, same the one who was beer. like, who was like, the logo was like the old timey fit guy. Yes, 
it was that so that beer and this beer were the two that I bought and that one I, same story goes for this one I was when I bought it I, I read what was in it Citra Hops was part of it I was excited about that and got it and was expecting something and then when I had the drink it just wasn't quite right to me it just didn't taste great it wasn't my favorite and I felt the same way about this one this one, <laughs> I like how you tried to, to su- make that subtle, but it rumbled, it never it rumbled right through. Never going to happen. This one. And typically, I would mute it, but I could not. Uh, it would have been great if mid-thought, you just got cut off as I was just like grabbing the mic, trying to mute it from the other side. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you doing? Get your claws off my microphone. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so, with this one, I felt the same way, where it's just like, I, I had it, and I just, I wasn't in love with it. I, I mean, by all accounts, what it says, it is what's in it. I should have loved it. And I didn't, it didn't do anything for me. At the time, it was just okay. And I actually like it a lot more now, and I don't know what that's about. Did you drink it out of the can? No. But did you drink it out of shitty glasses? No. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, it was plastic. It was definitely a plastic. Uh, that could be it. Uh, no. What the problem was is it was too cold. Ah. Well, it we was... did let it warm. I told you to let it mature. Yeah. We before took it... we <laughs> we took it out a while before uh, before the episode, and it's I I really like it right now. It's it's actually very tasty, and it's it's close to what I really love, which you experienced yesterday. We had I had the uh, the magnify, magnify one thousand percent. It was amazing. Um, this is like trending towards that perfection, despite but it's the, not there. Despite the fact that we probably didn't make full use of just what was at hand, though the beers there were fairly expensive, so yeah, might have bankrupted me too. Yeah, taking full like, advantage. They're like minimally eight dollars, right? Uh, the thing that cheapest one I saw on there was seven, which actually was one of the, it was the one that I ordered and didn't get. <laughs> um, but I ordered it actually just because I was interested in the beer itself. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. All the beer we had last night was pretty excellent, um, yeah. and wildly varied. Yeah, uh, we all over, you, I, you I, were all over the map. Which was, was which is my idea going in is I wanted to get a good subsection, you yeah. know, of the whole beer that they have cross section. That's probably. What I just experimented with IPAs of the variety that I like, and then one that was just out there that ended up being my favorite. Symbology. <laughs> the symbology. The, the uh, subsection, no, the cross section, rather than symbolism. Beer yeah. is this. I think you've described this once before to me. This is a bouncy head. I don't remember ever using right. that terminology. It's like, when I poured it, it was like, there were like wh- like peaks of whipped cream on top. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah, um, I probably should have a better working knowledge of the different types of heads of beer. Um, functionally, I do, but as, yeah. far, as, <laughs> as far as definitions, I am <laughs> lacking. Oh, like, like the Scooby-Doo style, yeah, yeah. Like where I run through yeah, it and leave like an a perfect, owl like, <laughs> Um... You know, um, I also kind of like this too that you know we're letting you drive the beer because I feel like I monopolize sure. it. Which, considering my although we're now up for debate expertise on the subject, uh, new age <laughs> a, uh, thumbs up for this one. All right, we're we're gonna that's the other thing that we're gonna continue to do. We're gonna go back to my old way of reviewing the beer uh, because you have Al's knowledge of beer. If you're a beer connoisseur, you can go with him. He can take you on a journey. And if you're just a person that likes beer, generally, you can go with me, who will say yes or no. Yeah. So, that, so, yes. so I'll take you down the connoisseur path. Uh, hazy as a New England IPA should be, though not as hazy as many are. Um, it actually is fairly clean. It's filtered. There's no... It doesn't say New England IPA. Residue on the bottom. Um it sure does. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I was like, I remember reading that in my reading of the beer. Um, it's quite light in color, which a lot of these are, but they don't have to be. Um, no. Citrusy, though not as juicy as I would expect no. one to be, but enough citrus to 
to certainly warrant it. It doesn't say New England style IPA in the title of it, yeah, but it's it is clearly side, yeah. inspired by that style. This New England IPA style IPA is a silky citrus bomb. That was my favorite part of it. Yes. Silky citrus bomb. I didn't play. I will buy you. <laughs> I didn't play that up as much as I usually do when I read it. But yeah. It's also because I was struggling with my thoughts. Um, <laughs> you may hear weird exhales occasionally as I try and clear my nose so that I don't have so many thoughts yeah. that come out. Un- <laughs> Right. Uh, but this is a delightful um, New England-ish IPA. Um, I very much enjoy it. I would drink these. It is interesting. I, I like it a lot more now, like I said, than I did when I first had it. Sweet. Shall we get into our second story here? Yes, Oscars. Right. We're going to go into the Oscar nominations. And there's a lot of nominations, as you know, with Oscars. There's many categories. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start rattling them off. And I will pause if there's something interesting that I want to talk about. Read us the big five or six categories. Don't, I don't care about most of the stuff. I will pause when he wants to speak about something. Um, but generally, I just want to hear your thoughts on some of the things. Okay. Okay. So, best picture. We're going to rattle them off real quick before, before we... Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's not picture. what you meant. <laughs> I'll subscribe. Uh, the, <laughs> for best picture, we have Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. That was, the other, that was the other one. So we were discussing last night how best to handle this topic because it can be controversial. Uh-huh. And that's not really what we mean to do here. But Black Panther should not be nominated for this picture. It's a delightful movie. Much more delightful Thoroughly than Phantom enjoyable. Thread. I will watch Black Panther over and over again. It's good. I'm finally... like You've you dealt with the hits enough that you don't react so viscerally when I say I it anymore. am choosing to not hear it. That's what I'm saying. You've done, yeah. It's like an inoculation where it doesn't really shared affect my you the same way. <laughs> thorts. <laughs> um, no, it's a great movie. Um, and, I, you know, people throw back stuff like um, The Return of the King winning Best Picture or stuff like that. It's just not the same. If you're no. going to measure it against that sort of level of high fantasy, it's... And, like, the quality of the storytelling and everything. It's just not at that level, despite how excellent a movie it is. And even something we, you and me discussed last night, it's not even at a level of A Dark Knight, which should have no. been, but wasn't been nominated. Um, but I also think, based on what I've read and seen and heard, Bohemian Rhapsody really shouldn't be nominated either. And I think something like... There's two or th- there's probably three movies that didn't get nominated that should have been for Best Picture over that. Um, and again, this is based on what I'm seeing, sure. reading, hearing, because I haven't seen enough of them yet, though I'm planning on hammering those out over the next few weeks. You'll hear episodes on a bunch of them, mm-hmm. if not all of them, over the next few weeks, because we want to give you much better Oscars coverage this year than we did last year. But the three that I would replace, there's two slots that I'm opening, you'd have to pick over three of them. Um, First Man, If Beale Street Could Talk, and First Reform. Everything I've heard, those three movies are much more deserving than the two that I'm electing to mm-hmm. disregard from this category right now. Right. So, I mean, that's... Again, I haven't seen them. It's not fully based on my opinion, but based on the people whose opinions that I trust, those guys... move. Those movies are much more deserving, whether or not they won or not, because, was it, ten movies or eight movies that were nominated? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Eight movies that are nominated... A couple of them are just not sorry. worthy, whether or not they win, whether the or not they have a chance to win. Audience can't see me, so they probably can just assume that I don't know how to count right now because I said one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. <laughs> I assure Everyone you, does there that are eight sort of, of thing. <laughs> you like have a certain yeah. amount of items you count, you, know, you start pairing them off. Two, four, six, ten. Where, yeah. where did where did eight through nine go? Yeah. Seven through nine go? You could, I could do fast. My my math skills they ramp up. So I start adding one at a time, and then by the time I hit, the they, top pre- numbers, they appreciate <laughs> an exponential value. <laughs> so okay, yeah. So getting back to that, Black Panther. Um, well, this was one of those things when Black Panther came out. After 
as I do with most movies, I watched it first, then I read reviews and read some things on it. Uh, the first things that showed up as soon as I started Googling it after I saw it were, oh, this movie's going to be an Oscar contender. And at the time, I was like, no. It's a very good movie. It's very entertaining to watch. It got crazy rewatchability. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, not this a, is not us like trashing the film. movie in any way, no. shape, or form. We did, a, we did an episode on and this, it. I was going to say, this isn't us like backtracking in any way, shape, or form. You can find from literally a year ago our episode on the movie. We both love the movie. Right. For what it is. And the way that we are with movies, and this is this is pretty common for both of us, where we're just like, I love this thing, this is my favorite thing, it's not the best thing. Yes. And For our conversation last, last night. night. And this not is, even about this movie, actually. No. But it was about something completely different. No, it's like, this This is not the best thing. And I actually, I'm going to jump ahead in the nominations for a second, because this brought up... Well, what I was going to say about this is I was wondering, while you're looking up to where you're going to jump mm-hmm. ahead, um, I wonder if this is kind of one of those I don't even view this as potentially as something that's like catering to a certain type of vote I wonder if this is in the vein of like Departed or The Revenant where it's a legacy thing because things like Fruitvale Station and Creed were much more warranting of nominations for Best Picture and mm-hmm. neither of them were yeah I I don't know it's so okay but this is going to be the topic with it. This is the thing that keeps showing up now uh, that it has been driving me crazy. I've seen it like three times. I saw it the first, the day after the nominations were, um, came out. One of the things that popped up that drove me crazy were the visual effects nominations. And the title of multiple articles that I've read is Black Panther snubbed for visual effects. And I'm just like, you got a Best Picture nomination, first off. So shut the fuck. Yeah, like, like you don't deserve that one, so let's leave that, okay? Because the the visual effects one, sure, you probably do deserve it. It was actually the visual effects were fantastic, but Avengers: Infinity War did get a nomination for visual effects. See, and I don't feel as strongly about it as you do because I there's no to best of my knowledge, and I'm not an expert on the rules and these sorts of things, but I don't think that just because you have something from one studio, there's a requirement that there not be another one. I don't see why both of them couldn't be nominated. That's fair. That's a fair thing. But the it's probably similar. I I don't. I would have to look further into this to find out. It is probably like a similar group of people, because of the Marvel movies and how like they choose their studio. Like the I'm sure there's overlap, but I'm, I think there's also probably quite a lot of I'm sure because individual there's, well, stuff. There's about um, just under eighty thousand people that do those movies every time one comes <laughs> out. It certainly seems like it when it's I watch like, the credits. Like someone's just doing the knee pads. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, so Avengers Infinity War, and in my mind, I was like, okay, if I were a person that were choosing movies, in my head, I would actually, I would, they would, they would come up, and I would probably pick one over the other, and I wouldn't include the other one because it, it kind of covers the area, and maybe that's not fair to some degree, but the movie's not snubbed. But it's also what you cater to when you're going to release three or four of these movies a year. Right. You know that you're probably going to self-cannibalize. Yes. Right. Exactly. And if you and if you want to put those two movies together, this is what I said last night, one of them takes place in space for like 80% of the movie and it looks freaking real. Like, it's... The visual effects in Avengers Infinity War are far better than those in Black To that Man. extent, though, I would think it would be make more sense if it was something like Guardians or Thor Ragnarok and, and, and uh, Infinity War were in the same year. Because that is kind of more of a direct overlap. Yeah. No, that's fair. That is that is fair. But then you... if The movie... Alright, let's go into the visual effects real quick. Here are the nominees. Avengers Infinity War. Christopher... I can, I can do, I'll host. Nobody wants to host. I'll host. <laughs> uh, here, are, here are the nominees. Visual effects. Avengers Infinity War. Christopher Robin. 
which I thought was interesting and is actually probably good. There's probably a, the fusion of like animation and real life, mm-hmm. and it's probably really, really well done. I didn't see it. I would like to see it. Uh, First Man didn't see, want to see. Ready Player One, interestingly enough, it, it's pretty crazy what's going on on screen. It's not groundbreaking by any means. There's video games that look far better than that movie does. Uh, there are sections of it that look great, and there are other sections that actually don't hold up that well. So. Right. And then Solo, a Star Wars story. And then when I saw that one, I was like... That one I get. That one I get. Although, again, we're still getting into multiple space movies. The... We, we are, oh, okay. So that is that... First Man. Yes. Solo. Infinity War. Yeah. So, see, if Black Panther took place in space... Maybe then. It might have been on the list. Uh, and the more I think about Solo, a Star Wars story, I'm thinking the 12th Parsec run yes. like that was yeah. incredibly well you can you can have an oscar for that one scene <laughs> <laughs> I, I i agree with this nomination there wasn't and i think about black panther and there wasn't one specific amazing scene that comes to mind immediately i'm sure there was if i go if i rewatch it I'll, i could probably point this out. the the south the the, the south korea uh ch- scene, oh. chase scene yeah that was really good that was really good Still, <laughs> I'm not offended. Well, the thing is, actually, the, the, the final battle at the end probably actually wasn't good enough. Mm. Um, I mean, if you look back 15 years ago, The Return of the King did that sequence better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the South Korea scene was actually really incredible. Some of the stuff going through, like, the city in Wakanda, like, all that stuff, like, some of that was really well done. Yeah, that, like, that whole that whole city as an effect, great. Um I don't know, there's just there's a ton of movies that come out every year and some have some have, like when I when you see Avengers Infinity War, immediately I go, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Star Wars, I think about that scene, I'm like, Yeah, okay. Now Ready Player One, maybe the uh even the bike the bike chase was the uh the race. Yeah. Was pretty great. Like that was pretty cool, and the, uh, the some of the final the shining, battle stuff was really good. The sh- actually, you know what? It, it is probably getting the nod for the scenes that it did with the shining and how they cut actual movie footage into it. Like that was actually really well done and really well blended, where it felt like those characters were in the original, <laughs> like in the original yeah. movie. And the more I think about it, the more I go, okay, <laughs> you can have this nominee. Uh, nomination, but like I don't know, it's just the Black Panther one. It's like okay, it's fine. Like if it got it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been like it doesn't deserve it. But I'm not upset, and I don't yeah. think it got. Snubbed. I can understand why people feel like it was snubbed because honestly, I would, I think it would be more deserving over the Winnie the Pooh movie. Maybe. Um, normal pivot to something else. I know you want to discuss. Yeah. Um, you know what movie should have only won Oscar? an Oscar for visual design and stuff like that or visual whatever that category was visual effects um Gravity instead it won for best picture and best director Alfonso Cuaron okay I'm really good at this stuff okay (laughs) uh that's a very good point yeah that movie was not good in my opinion I didn't like it I I enjoyed it I just laughed when I saw it was nominated and then I laughed harder when I was like there's no way it's gonna win yeah and then it did I I was actually upset the rest of the night. <laughs> well, I forgot what won over, but I remember there being something else that I thought was much more yeah. deserving. I, I'm pretty sure, as a whole, the the list was not thrilling to me, but... This was a weaker class of Best Picture nominees for the Oscars anyway. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know... Yeah, it, it's last year when I saw that list, I was like, "This is great." And like this year, I immediately my gut reaction, I just go, "Eh." But then I'm starting to realize I haven't seen all these yet, and I, I will see them all beforehand. I've seen an, 
a number of them that are on here uh, that are in, that intrigue me. Like you said earlier, Bohemian Rhapsody, I I thought it was very good. I'm not I'm not I'm not nor offended that it's on. Like I'm not offended that it's on there, but I don't. I wouldn't have been offended if it was left off either. Yeah, like, I, I thought it was a very good movie. And I really enjoyed it. There were, there were I think there were some patient, pacing issues and things like that where you have, you have to have like a masterpiece to be nominated yeah. to some respect. And I thought it was very good. Like, but well, the reason I brought it up was because you had an issue with Alfonso Cuarón from Gravity, and he's got another one with Roma. He does. And it's a pretty good chance either he or it wins right. again. I'm more annoyed that I need to watch this movie. Yeah, although it, it, it might be easy. good. It's it on, might be good. Well, I, again, I, the, from what I've I've heard, it's there's some buzz about it, but I, I don't know. I've heard that it's honestly kind of overrated. That it, it is an, a well regarded artistic endeavor, but that as a movie, it's it's a tough watch, tougher yeah. possibly even than the Phantom Thread. Uh, there's just no pacing to it. Mm. That's the biggest criticism I saw of it. Correct. That that performance was good, and there's some artistic stuff that's well beautiful and everything. I but, could do this at home. Because Phantom Thread was at least paced pretty well. So say what you will about it, your other criticisms of the movie. It was paced fairly well. But, okay. I can't talk about Phantom Thread. It's just going to make me angry. <laughs> well, you have to be able to functionally talk about it for a minute or two for this sort of That's thing. That's it. We've so. already we've surpassed it. We brought it up twice and I didn't break down. So <laughs> I think I think we're done with that. But one of them more justifiably than the other. The other one I was doing to bait you. This yeah, one I was doing that's, to... That's fair. Uh, other, okay. A Star is Born, absolutely deserving of being on the Best Picture list. Uh, Vice, uh, same. I Vice was incredible. Uh, I I won't watch the movie again, just because of how filthy I felt after the movie <laughs> was over. But it's it was a it was a solid movie. Black Klansman. I'm very. I really. I've been wanting to watch that since it came out. I think like you said, it came out and then it was gone. And it, like, and it, it came out at a time where there were so many other things to watch and so many other things we were doing at that time that I just never got to it. And yeah. I really I really wanted to. And Green Book has Mahershala, so I'm. All set to watch that. And Viggo Mortensen. Ugh, oh, Viggo. Uh, he, you know what? And one of the Farrelly's. Oh, okay. <laughs> one of the two Farrelly brothers yeah. directed it. Oh, there you go. Uh, the other ones, uh, where is it? Oh, this was another one. During one of the movies Kim and I went to go see, there was a trailer for The Favorite. And as the movie was playing, I was just like, as the trailer was playing, I was like, ah, crap. We're, I didn't know much about it. We're gonna have it. to watch this. I didn't know much about it. I have heard people seem to like it an awful lot, and I've been hearing people rave about Olivia Coleman's performance in it, which I'm on board for because I really like her. This, this was before this was before the nominations came out, before there was talk about it uh, from that I had heard. I was just watching the trailer, and I knew from the trailer this movie's gonna be up for stuff. I've never even seen the trailer, but I I, I kind of want to see the movie just because, and I just don't want to watch it, but I am going to. I literally have no, no idea what it's about, so. Well, well, we shall see. We'll probably. I just like her. She because she cracks me up in Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. She was really good in The Night Manager, which I've mentioned many times on the show. Um, she was in Lock. Just her voice, but she was in it. Well, Kim Kim can't stand Emma Stone, so she's she's annoyed that we have to watch it as she well. Can't stand Emma Stone. No. Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. We do like Rachel Weisz though. <laughs> yes, she's so, a good actress. Uh, so that'll that, at least also that. lives not that far from me. What? <laughs> random fact. Uh, what else is on this list? Oh, that's that we've we've touched everything on Best Picture. Anyway, we'll get more into that as the season gets clo- as the the show gets closer. Lead actor Ralph is off real quick. Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for Star Is Born, Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, Remy Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. I I look at this list and I go, these are probably all deserving. Yes, although it's weird that it's Viggo and not Mahershala Ali. 
I would have thought that Vigo would have been supporting actor. It's it's flip flopped. Really? Yes. Oh, I would have thought it would have been the other way around. Yeah, Mahersha- I haven't seen the movie. I would have thought neither, it was the other way around. Neither have I. Mahershala Ali is up for... Well, well, in supporting actor, we have Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for A Star Is Born, which I actually think is a great choice there. Um, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell for Vice, which is an interesting one. I heard Steve Carell should have been over him. Yes, I would agree with that. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have much screen time at all, and he's just kind of... He's playing the fool... The whole time, like that's like how that's insert how your George W. Bush joke. <laughs> oh yeah, well I'm like it is very much like I'm a clown, I'm a screw up. How it's played, and it's um, it's I don't know. I I didn't, I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I don't think that he belongs on this list for this movie. Well, basically what I heard was from what you said was just he didn't have enough time to do anything. That yeah, to have warranted it right. that that Carell did the better job and had more screen time. Um, it would have been more deserving for this. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, all those more or less make sense to me from what I've heard, though. So, like, I, I, none, none of that sticks out as being offensive oh. to me. The only note I have on that, really, is that Richard E. Grant has been teasing an awful lot uh, his role in Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh, yeah? Yes. I, I can't pick, put a face to him right now. What was it that he was in again? Can You Ever Forgive Me? Ah, yes. He plays... Um, Melissa McCarthy's best friend in that movie. Okay, I'll have to go watch the trailer or look him up after this. Uh, but flipping back, I only jumped to supporting actor because you mentioned Mahershala. Going back to which I, I just, I really like him. <laughs> I'm going Very back good to, actor. Going back to lead actress. Also, yeah. one of those few times where I could feel like I was like got in on the ground floor on a yeah. great performer because from the beginning of House of Cards, I always thought he crushed it, mm-hmm. and that was really his first big role. So. Yeah. No, that was great. Uh, elite actress, we have Yolitza Aparicio for Roma. Roma, yeah. Glenn Close for The Wife. I heard she crushed it in her role. I haven't seen yeah. the movie. She I won, don't know much about it, but... She won the Golden Globe, maybe something else, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that. Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born, which is... Oh, she that, was nominated? I didn't yeah. actually hear it, but I figured she must be, because from what I've, I've heard, good things. It gets my vote. Uh, Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? That gets my vote, but I haven't seen the other ones yet. Okay. Uh, but right now, I see that, and I go, absolutely deserve I'm it. curious about the Can You Ever Forgive Me? Because I've been hearing yeah. about that movie for a very long time. Yeah, like, well, for well before it came out, I was hearing about it, so... Um, supporting actress, we have Amy Adams for Vice. Uh, she was... as much. I'm not a huge fan of Amy Adams, but... She played. I she used did to a good not job, be, but she's grown on me a lot over the years. In that role, um, she was really good in Arrival. Yeah, and she yeah. was very good in American Hustle. Uh, American, the thing you know what it is. She's not. She hasn't been playing very likable characters. And I think that's part of. I'm having sure. a hard time separating that. And but that's uh, actually that's commending a feather her as an cap. actress, yeah. right? Yeah, like that. That will get you the nomination. The fact that I dislike you because I'm supposed to. Okay, you did job good, but. The emotional side of me doesn't want to give you an Oscar because I hated your I hated that character. It can be, it can <laughs> be it, tough to right, which is parse, why I, parse I, those things sometimes. I would never be able to be on a panel like this. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe Ben Affleck's the greatest actor in the history of the world. So I dislike <laughs> him every time he's on screen. <laughs> well done. Um, all right, supporting actress Amy Adams for Vice, Marina De Tavira for Roma. Oh, I didn't know there was another one. Regina King. For Field Street Could Talk, Emma Stone for the favorite, Rachel Weiss for the favorite. This is supporting actress? That's supporting actress. Director, uh, any notes on that? No. Alright. Director Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Powell, Powell, Powell Lekowski? Powell, Pavel? Pavel? I can't see. Probably Pavel. It's P A W E L. P A W E L, but it's probably Pavel. 
Okay, what's the movie? Uh, Cold War. Oh, I'm not familiar with that at all. So Me, I neither am I. Yorgos Lanthimos for yes. the favorite. Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Adam McKay for Vice. Um, you know our thoughts on Adam McKay. Listen to our episode last week and yeah. over the last several weeks and listen to his interview on South Beach Sessions with Dan Levitard. It's, <laughs> it's a kick. You, you also, you should see Vice because, uh, yes, absolute nomination for the director. The... The way that that story unfolds on screen, and the like, the like the different mechanics that he puts in place just to tell the story and keep it interesting the entire way through, and to make you continue to want to watch it even as horrible as the story is as it's going on, even though it makes you want to have a heart attack. Yeah, it's it, it was it, it's excellent. Animated feature, Incredibles two, Isle of Dogs, Mariah, Mirai, Mirai, but if M I R A I, Mirai. Mariah? Mar- Wait, Mariah? Sorry, say it spell that? M-I-R-A-I. Mariah? Mariah. Ralph Breaks the Internet? If Spider-Man... And, and, Spider-Man and, well, win. and the winner of the category, Spider-Man. Yeah, well, I know it was on the list. I actually saw that. If that doesn't win... I know that I haven't seen the other movies. I know you liked... You, didn't you see Wreck-It Ralph? No, I really want to. Oh, I, I thought you ended up seeing it. No, I, you I told wanted me to. You want to. Uh, but I've heard great things about that, too. I'm sure these be, other movies are should good. should be Into the Spider-Verse. But Into the Spider-Verse is going to I saw Isle of Dogs. Very good. It shouldn't win over Spider-Verse. Uh, animated short, um, animal behavior about. I don't care like, about this. Yeah, I told okay. you to give me the yeah. best, like, uh, the adapt, top five adapted or six. screenplay? Um, original screenplay, I'm more interested in, but you can give All right, me the Adapted ones. screenplay, real quick. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is easy to watch, that's on Netflix. Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me? If Beale Street Could Talk, A Star is Born. I heard not the greatest things of Buster Scruggs, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I, uh, Surprisingly. I, I need to go through the, the Coen Brothers catalog. I um, am not as well informed on that as I should be, but from what I've heard, it is among their weaker offerings. Okay, and and from what I've seen, I'm not impressed. So I will have to go through the catalog and get back to you. Maybe we'll do an episode on that okay. <laughs> as a whole. Uh, original screenplay, the favorite, first reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. And from what I'm hearing, Paul Schrader with first reformed should probably be the one winning going away. Okay. Cinematography, we have Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, and A Star is Born. Okay. I so don't have much of an opinion on that. It's interesting to me on cinematography. Like, there, there are some... Honestly, though, that's all the categories that I really care about, because I don't care about foreign language film, and I don't care about documentary, <laughs> and I don't care about best performance of the trumpet in an adapted screenplay, so... How <laughs> <laughs> about original score? Yeah. Is, is Williams or Zimmer in there? Uh, No. What about Tom Tickwer? No. No, I don't care. <laughs> Original song? It's going to be shallow. Yeah, it absolutely is going to be shallow. Uh, makeup and hair? Don't care. Costume design? I'm pretty sure I told you I don't care. We're going to have a lot of more... We'll, I, the we'll only reason I say it is because we're going to have a lot we'll of more Oscar we'll, talk exactly. in the next we'll, coming we're few gonna, weeks. Because so. we'll go over every winner. That's why I'm saying. And then we can discuss the nominee. All right. Well, anyway, that's your, that's your pre-Oscar show. Uh, you have another news nugget to say. Yeah, because then I want to get to the movie. What do you got? And then I want to play Anthem. Oh, sorry, guys. You guys know what day it is that we're doing it now. (laughs) (laughs) The Anthem VIP is out, and we are very excited. Minutes or hours before (laughs) you're listening to this, at your first opportunity to listen to this is when we're recording this, so... Right. Um, so, yes, my final nugget is... Slash new. Is... Slash new. I love that. (laughs) Singular. Zombieland 2. Is finally really officially a thing. Long gestating, probably finally almost about to be made. Or in the process of being made. Yeah, call me when it's ready. Um, 
well, almost to the very day of the 10th anniversary of Zombieland, its official sequel will be premiering on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It's taking such a long time to get made due to all four of its leads taking on very busy schedules in Hollywood over the last decade. Now, the, now the timing was right for Woody Harrelson, Abigail Breslin, Emmett Stone, and Jesse Eisenberg to reunite for another stint in Zombieland. This is from an article on MovieWeb. Has like everybody won an Oscar since they made Zombieland? Seems like it, or at least, <laughs> at least been nominated. <laughs> right. Um, so I will go down to the fact that this article was about potential leaked plot details. I've skimmed through this, so it's been pre-approved sure. for you, who doesn't okay, like spoilers. That. Um, this is more about the possible setup slash synopsis, not sure. about in deep, in in deep, in, in depth, deep. in depth. Tell deep me your details. <laughs> I will tell you my thoughts on this movie. If the rumors are true, the sequel establishes that the group of zombie slayers from the first movie have since holed up in the White House. Apparently, trouble in paradise awesome. <laughs> leads to a nasty fight between Columbus and Wichita, fracturing the group. The drama leads to Little Rock embarking on, out on her own, fleeing with a man she just met named Berkeley, played by. Avon Joja? Jogia? I don't, I'm, I've never seen that name before. I have no idea how to pronounce that name, and I'm usually pretty good with etymology, if not symbology. Of course... Namiology? Namiology. <laughs> Actually, that's right. That was used to... Of course, the others leave the White House and follow her once they realize she's gone, with the hopes of rebuilding their de facto family. On their new adventure, Tallahassee meets a female zombie hunter named Nevada, who very much reminds him of himself. Okay. Uh... If it's anything like the first movie, I'll enjoy it. It's at this point, it's completely irrelevant. Uh, it was. It would have been great if it followed the movie. Somehow, like, somehow, still a few more years. relevant than the many rumored Avatar sequels that may oh or may not God. exist. I can't with that. I. I mean, yeah. When this movie comes out, I'll surely see it. Uh, yes. I'm not in any rush to see it, and it's just. It's cool to know that I might get it someday, but I'm, if it doesn't happen, I won't be heartbroken. Wrapping up the topic, the reports also claim that the movie will introduce several new kinds of zombies, which have since mutated from the shambler seen in the original. Yeah, see that, I don't care about. I don't, like, I don't know, the zombies themselves, like, it's, it's just, I don't really care too much. It's more about the characters that are living in this world that I'm interested in. No, but that's a good way to spice up the proceedings so it's not right. just like the, whatever action sequences that they need to force into it's the, the 22 jump street to the 21 jump street so it's yeah. not just do the same thing again that's right that's you right. know it's all window dressing yeah um the dumb ones are called homers the smart ones are called hawkings and the silent deadly ones are referred to as ninjas <laughs> and there are some conflicting reports about whether or not bill murray will be reprising his role as himself though it's unsure, unclear at this time if he somehow survives or is now going to be a zombie. God, I, I hope so. Also, he may or may not be bringing along Dan Aykroyd. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's Those rumors great. are largely unconfirmed, though, so just sure. something to look forward to. Yeah, I think that the, one of the best parts about that movie is seeing it the first time, not having any clue that he's going to be in it, and then the role that he plays and the way that it goes down. Not probably the best. That is the definitively best. the best part, part of that movie. movie. That's, that's fair. Uh... That movie. I, I really like Zombieland. Very, it very a solid fun movie. movie to watch. Fun and easy to watch. Shall we get into our flick of the week? Please. The Boondock Saints. Yes. A classic. My headphones almost fell off. Nope. <laughs> and, I, and, pan- I panicked for no I reason. It has, it has no bear on the episode. It would have been very loud. <laughs> this is going to fall directly under your keyboard. Well, it's directly no, it was going you. back. Oh, oh. And it's on. <laughs> That's... Well, now I wish it had happened. <laughs> um, you know what? We probably would have had a laughing fit for too long. We would have had to work around cutting it. Now I could just leave it all there. Um, 
the best part about us doing this movie now is that we're approaching very quickly later this year the 20 year anniversary of this movie's debut so pretty perfect nice well that's yeah, uh, good on us considering we decided to that considering we decided to do it four hours ago yeah. <laughs> stop um, oh wait you're recording this <laughs> uh, what happened to the transitions the boondock saints is one of my all-time favorites it is one of those movies that I can rewatch over and over and over again. I can quote almost all of it. Maybe I, I slightly misquote here and there. But no, but you I, at least are heart close enough it. for government work. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's favorite phrase of the couple weeks sabbatical that he took uh, nearly a year ago, in which we rebuilt the entirety of our deck and pool and backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, it's I don't know. There's there's something special about this movie. I a long time ago. When we started the galaxy this, far, far away. when we started this endeavor, I wrote a little article. Which we're rapidly approaching our two-year anniversary. Yeah. Wow. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> What's weirder is that we don't have 104 episodes, nor will we when we reach the date. <laughs> um, so, right, so this movie, uh, probably it's probably uh, then a year and a half ago, two years ago, I wrote an article on movie night with myself. Yes. And. I watched John Wick. I had some beers. I watched, you know had some popcorn. I just you know, it was just me. Literal feet away from where we're sitting now. Right, and it was and I was great, and I absolutely enjoyed it. The first, which you may not know, I'm not sure. I think I might have mentioned it in the in the article. The first movie night with myself was with the Boondock Saints. Yes, I believe you did. And it's something that I should probably do more often. Uh, like you know, just just a movie for like. Uh, although um, I've got some pretty great movie watching partners. Uh, Kim and I pretty much agree on all movies that we see, but well, we ninety percent agree on the movies. I think that that uh, that we watch together. It's a great movie. A carefully partner. curated list. And and you're you're a very good movie partner as well. And uh, I don't know, but there's there's something like I I was like analyzing the movie the whole way through it the first time I saw it, and I was just like the reason I got I first why off, were you doing that the first time you saw it? I so I bought it without having seen it. Uh, what year ish would this have been? Give or take a year. Doesn't that be? Ah, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, you were in high school. I was in high school. Uh, I was a senior in high school, probably. So call it two thousand five. Yeah. So I, um, I bought it at Blockbuster because to rent it was four fifty and to buy it was eight dollars, and it felt like a good investment. Sensible time. decision. Right? And I also got this really. Which sweet would have made it really offensive to buy it for thirty as a Blu-ray. I, it was a really sweet uh, collector's edition DVD, which is behind you somewhere. It's like it's it's actually one of the it's actually the first steel book that I bought, and it's got the cross embed like embedded on it, and it's mm. all black. It's really it's a nice it's a nice looking box. Um, and then you know later on I bought it again on Blu-ray, but anyway, uh, bought it, picked it up, and the reason why I bought it was uh, the the crowd that I hung out with in high school. Um, I hung out with a lot of like the golf kids, the. <laughs> Uh, and they were they were into it and they, like they were telling me how great this movie was like over the years. Same friends who told you to read The Stranger. And no, no. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna I all right, yeah, one day I'll watch this movie. I, I love you know I've loved movies my entire life, and this was like one of those things where I feel like this is like the me really coming into my own with movies and formulating my opinion. And that I, time, because I watched it on my that, own. That time would have been the peak of, or maybe just past the peak of when this movie had finally achieved cult status. Yeah, probably. Um, and I so I watched it, and that's, it's around that's why... The, it's around the same time. Actually, I, if that's when you think you saw it, I think I even saw this movie before you did. It probably. Um, possible. The, for the first time. And it was... 
that's why I went in analyzing it. I was very curious, like, what is so special about this? Why do people love it? Um, and I fell in love with it the first time I watched it. I watched the movie from start to finish. I was like, wow, this will be in my top ten, if not top five list, probably forever. And Probably didn't make that cut. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it is. It not is. for five. Maybe not five. I, I would have to reconsider. I would have. To I know you love the movie, and you've quoted often. We've talked about yeah, it there in, is, in snippets here and there, but it never approached what seeming like your top five. It from what how, I could do of recreating your top five list. It would memory. depend on how I analyze the top five, top ten list. Because if I'm doing it from like, well, maybe ten, but I wouldn't. My, have, I wouldn't have considered if I was from my own memory of our conversations. Yeah, trying to recreate a top five list, this wouldn't have made my cut. But it's probably it, it would be. It depends on like I said. It depends on the lens that I'm looking at it through. If I'm looking at it through like the best picture lens. Or my favorite lens. No, when you do it, my top five movies, it's usually the then ones you it, most yeah. enjoy. It'll be in it'll be in the ten for for sure without question. Maybe the ten, but it something re, every time I rewatch it, it can easily probably bump its way into the five and knock something. The funny out. thing is, is you misquoted slightly some of the really quotable lines, but sure. from upstairs you nailed lines that aren't like actual quotable nope. lines. They were just yeah. part of like very weird. It's very straight because I don't are, remember what the line was, favorite. but you were upstairs and you nailed one. I was like, that's such a random line. Where you going? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> That's, I yelled that down to you from upstairs. It's my favorite line of the movie. It's when uh, what's his name? Um, Bob Marley. What? That's the actor's name. Mm-hmm. What's his name in the in the movie though? Greeley. Greeley. When Greeley is, uh, he's investigating the first crime scene, which the two the two guys that were that were crushed at that. The giant serial crusher. The giant serial crusher. Uh, he's 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 like, and where's this guy going? Where you? He yells at him. Looks at him on the floor, dead. Where you going? No way. That's for whatever reason. I I think the first time the first time I watched it, that was laugh out loud funny to me, and I was alone. If you laugh out loud alone, it's a genuinely funny <laughs> funny line or funny statement, or at least to you. And the I, worst is when there's that sort of thing, and then after that, you watch with someone else and they don't laugh. Yeah, I had that a couple of times last night when we were watching with Bob and Dave. Mm. Early on in the episode where I'm laughing because I know where it's going already yeah. and you don't yet. And then when it gets to the punchline, you're laughing as hard as I am. But you're not yet because you don't know what it and is then, that it's then, setting up. And then you're up. watching me and you're like, he's not laughing. You better laugh. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that's actually, that's really funny and fair. And I've definitely, I've definitely judged people that didn't find something funny. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch things with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth my time. I'm here to enjoy this with you, all right? If you're not going to enjoy it, get the guy out. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the other thing... There's, there's so many great lines in that movie, first off. And like you said, I do I do misquote, but that is because... But no, like I said, you are close enough. Like, where it's like, everyone has that thing where like they paraphrase the thing. Like, millions of people have said, Luke, Luke I am your father. Yeah. It's not the right line. Yeah. Close enough. The, and, well, it, the interesting thing for me, though, is I... If I was great at... If I was, a, like, a great sketch artist or something, I could draw the scene for you in probably perfect detail. But I don't get the exact words. You're willing to vote. I am willing. I am willing. To it was a firefight. <laughs> Another great line. Um, Damn it! That was one of my lines. He's <laughs> willing to. Oh my God. Anyway, so watch this movie by myself. Analyze the whole thing through, and like I said, I fell in love with it immediately. And it's there are so many things that this movie has going for it. But first off, the it, it made it's watching it this time. I, I pointed out something to you early on that I didn't actually put into words beforehand, which makes a lot of sense why I love it. There is. There's a lot of Nolan-style storytelling in there of the jumping back and forth, but done well. And a lot of movies will do it, and it's it doesn't work. It's 
disjointed. You actually have to think about it to put it together. But they're doing it for a specific reason. You're seeing the story through the detective's eyes, and then seeing how close he is by giving you the actual story. Well, if you want to, if you want to do that whole Nolan thing, and I think that you're right about that. Um, the best way to compare it to something else, even though it's not exactly the same thing, obviously. Um, what the once the both the the way it's executed and my experiencing it watching it um, is the way that you experience watching Memento for yep. the first time, where you don't quite understand what's going on, but then once you've seen it, when it comes up again in future tellings, because they do it probably four or five times, yeah, um, you understand it. But that whole the way it's told from one perspective and then followed over the other, as you watch the two things meld together and you understand where they fit together. That is very, you know, reminiscent of Memento specifically, yep. uh, if not just the whole Nolan catalog. Yeah, we're, we're going to give you A and C first, and then we're going to give you B and tie it all up nicely together. And I, I just... It well, it's like so we're going to give you C, and then we're going to give you A, and then we're going to give you B, and yeah. we'll, we'll have ended at D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting, though, and I, you know, I, I just thought of this now because we, we talked a little bit about it before... They, they do it probably three or four times, but they do it slightly different each time. The first time that you that it happens, the big thing, um, you see the aftermath, and then... Well, no. Most importantly, they yeah. give you the setup. Yeah. Then, the, for the 13th it's like the reverse of The Return of the King, where The Return of the King has three or four endings. This yeah. has three or four beginnings. Yeah. Because they've done the cold open yep. to what we believe is probably a flash forward. Yes. Because we had, me and Anthony had a little bit of debate about this while we were watching the movie. Um, and then we do a credit scene where we get some scenes flash through, we get a little bit of backstory. Then we jump right into it, as you said, like zero to 60, like yep. immediately starting off the movie. We get a setup to a big scene, then it fades to black. So the first time we do that is we go and see a flash forward, flashback. But at that mo- time, they say... Written and directed by Troy Duffy. Yeah. And then we get the after effects of the big scene. <laughs> right. Which, and then, and then you, you learn how... that That's great. I think that's great setup. Because that shows you... This is how the movie's going to go. So Although, to a certain extent, it reminded me very much of Peter Allison Moncrief's Better Roots. Where he kept putting the end at the end. <laughs> Guys, that joke just is so far first, inside that you're going to have to look up what I just said. Of with Bob and David. It's... Not, it's, it's it's the it's spiritual successor, though very nearly the direct sequel to Mr. Show on HBO from the 90s, which also is a great fit with so the Boondock Saints because they would have overlapped some. Yeah. Anyway, so you get you get that one where, you know, I, I, what I love about it is they do it from the two perspectives. And he's, Willem Dafoe is getting closer and closer to these guys as the movie goes on, which is fantastic. And, uh, well, you know what? Spoilers because... That's 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Uh, so the first one you get... It's very disconnected, right? You see exactly what happened, uh, and Willem Dafoe is narrating. The second time, I'm trying to think of exactly how it plays out. Well, n- not just that. He narrates what happened, even though you don't actually see it this time. And right. Then we continue on forward. Yes. We meet. We have the meeting of the minds of Willem Dafoe and the McManus brothers, and then they tell the story without narrating it and show it yes. visually. That's the setup for the first time, because then the next time is when we get him narrating what and happened. He narrates through it, and then the third time, he's in the scene. And keeps following them section by section <laughs> over the course of it's, it. I mean, that is well, great. Actually, that's, that's the fourth time. The third one was the one at the Sinbin. 
Sure, which is the the I guess the second they and third keep splitting are, it back and forth. are yeah are, are pretty much mixed up together. Well, because the they happen actually, quickly. What I like about it, the first two, he's getting closer. Then it takes a step back because he's confused by the entry of the third character in the plot that is screwing things up, like for his his mental connectivity of what's going. Although on. we still have just enough connection because he says. Wider. wider, and then it follows up with we got we a got cowboy, a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> so he, which is great because he, it makes him take a step back, but he still got it. he comes back into play, uh, and then but it's the first I, time we see him have any doubt, right, right, which is interesting because, because we the, realize how much he fucks it up when mm-hmm. he realizes how much he fucks it up, mm-hmm. and the third time when he's actually in this when Willem Dafoe is he's describing what's happened, but the way that they do it this time is they plant his character, they like almost as if it was pre-shot and they superimposed him on it. He's in the scenes. With the characters actually carrying it out, because he's he understands so much what's going on, but then you see it start to go off the rails because there's a there's Firefight. a chaos factor that gets thrown. In. We'll say there's a fire There's a chaos factor that is thrown in, and you well, see it's the him, first time that really gets anything right, and it's the first time he's wrong. Yes, and it throws it's, him. It's six it throws people. him off. It's pretty obvious. And, and really, is it could just be one guy with six guns? Shut let up. me do the thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Well, that's uh, what he says. Is yeah, let, let me do, do the thinking, thinking here. But uh, the when he when he fight he's freaking out. He realized the blood is sprayed with the, uh, ammonia. And I was going to say. Pneumonia. See, that was the one time that I I nailed the 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 quote. Ammonia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are these guys? Yeah. Who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> and he's what I love about that is he's freaking out and he's he's completely lost it at that point when he sees the when he sees the finger on the floor. Rocco's finger got shot off. He sees it. He's starting to make the connection. No, his like, pinky was the second one they shot off. It was the uh, thumb the first. <laughs> no, it was the index finger. I, I think. thought it was his... No, because no, no, they showed he's wrapped up here. Was it oh, his thumb? Oh, you're, I guess you're right. It must be his thumb. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, it doesn't... Regardless, it doesn't matter. <laughs> what, what matters is he finds the, the finger on the floor. Wait a minute. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute, shut up. He finds the finger on the floor. He picks it up. And he says... And he, you realize that he's... He picks it up quietly. He doesn't show anybody. And then he leaves the scene. As I said, oh, it's perfectly normal to scoop up a thumb and stick it in your back pocket and just walk away with it, loosely wrapped. <laughs> it's so perfect for the character, though. Because there's so many things that are going Is through it his mind. It's the first time we really see it's the It's perfect cracks. for the character. And here, that's why. It's showing you that you... He builds it up. You understand that, yes, he is good. He is actually probably the best. And this thing is so... far from ordinary... That it actually makes him question himself. This this so fastidiously careful man who has a preloaded hip-mounted discman ready to go for oh, his yeah. first time that he's doing the thing, who has the balls to dance and listen to music as these other guys who are Conduct. already various conducts. At times, some of it's just <laughs> dancing though. <laughs> but uh, you know, and it's great because he's it's the first time you know. I think when he finally says it, I missed it. Yeah, he I doesn't. Want, I missed. He doesn't want to be wrong. It's a mixture of he doesn't. That just doesn't be want to be wrong. It's a mixture of things. He doesn't want to be wrong. He wants to figure. He he still wants to know. He wants to understand these guys, and he and he he needs to solve this for himself. Well, the reason I was saying I was I was piggybacking on that doesn't want to be wrong. A man whose worldview doesn't allow him to be wrong. True. Because he never is, or so rarely is that yeah. when it happens, and it happens on such a large scale in a way that matters so very much. Nicely done. Uh, <laughs> it was a drop of beer. The thing is, you. Tip that glass back to drink two drops of beer, and somehow got one of those two drops on you. Right. <laughs> that was a disaster. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely. It, he's his character is fantastic, and he's so funny. Following off of our conversation a few weeks ago in Aquaman, 
Get this man a damn Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's up for one. He's up for one. Give him and give it to him. If but he, again, it feels. And I didn't see the movie. This is the one where he plays, though he's quite too old for it. Um, Vincent Van Gogh. I don't even. know. I believe that's what it, at Attorney's Gate is. He's playing Vincent Van Gogh. Um, again, get Ron Howard ready in case I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it, it feels like a legacy nomination where it's we should have recognized you prior to this, and we're going to now. Yeah, that was like one of the things. I Although think he may have been nominated, Dorian. well, he was nominated. He was nominated for the Florida Project. He was. Oh god, that movie was brutal. Um, not it was. It was well but I don't think, executed. I don't think he's well won done. though, has he? I don't. Know. He was. He was. He, he was nominated for the Last Temptation of Christ, wasn't he? That movie was was well done. It was just. Or is that what it's it was? Called? You feel filthy watching it when it's over. It's absolutely. It's this. The it's disgusting. I'm mostly uh, talking to myself, but is that what that movie's called? I don't know. Uh... See, this is where we can use our transition. Willem Dafoe. Nominated for four Oscars. But did he win any? No. That's the question. No no wins. He was nominated for Platoon. Oh, he wasn't nominated for the one I was talking about. He was nominated for Platoon, which absolutely fucking deserves that. Nominated for Shadow of a Vampire uh, for the Florida Project. What is Shadow of a Vampire? What is that? uh, I don't know. I never saw that one. But he was nominated for it. Um, The filming of Nosferatu... 1922. Mm-hmm. It's hampered by the fact that its star, Max Schreck, is taking the role of a vampire far more seriously than it seems humanly possible. Hmm. Oh, is this one of those, like, the one where Jim Carrey plays Andy Kaufman, where it's like a movie about the making of something? Which one? That's what I'm saying. I think that's it. The Shadow of the Vampire uh, is, I believe, it seems based on this very brief synopsis, like a movie about the making of a movie. It could be. Because it says the filming of Nosferatu, and then puts it in 1922, so I'm thinking it means that actual movie. Yeah. Um, it's hampered by the fact that the star Max Shrek is taking the role of vampire. Yeah, it's, it, Max does, Shrek is it does a sound that real way. real actor. That's why I'm saying. Yeah. No, it, sound, it sounds that way. Um, yeah, playing a character that got too, too into yeah, it. Yeah, that's you what You know what's is. crazy is the that on that topic, Man on the Moon, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman, getting too close to him, and you get a documentary of Jim and Andy, which is just... Haunting, and worth and worth the watch. Yeah, I haven't seen either of them. But oh man, Willem Dafoe, man, yes, get this, get this. That, that'll be our campaign for the the entirety of this. Get this man a damn Oscar, Oscar already. Get this man an Oscar. Anytime we say him, uh, his just like when we talk about uh, what's his name Hugo Weaving. Get this man a damn Oscar. Yeah, a supporting role at Oscar. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not saying it's got to be for no. lead actor. No. Just for a role. Yeah. He deserves it. Agreed. Just like... 100%. Just like Willem Dafoe deserves it. 100%. Man, that's so... It, yeah. Willem. <laughs> oh, Willem. I was, so, I was right. I was right. He played Jesus Christ in The Last Temptation yes, of Christ. Yes, that's, right. that's I just, right. I knew that was the movie. I just couldn't remember if it was called The Last Temptation or if it was The Last Temptation of Christ or whatever. But um, I thought... I actually thought he was nominated for that as well. I, I, I was incorrect. He was not. He really... He really should be cast as the Joker. He would be a hell of a lot better at the Joker than Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, it seems... Uh, if you think they were doing this movie with Golden Felt, I would go see it. Yeah. I don't care about that's, that's true. Joaquin. He's the best He's the best part of the first Spider-Man movie. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. It's like... Well, actually, what, what it's interesting... I didn't draw this conclusion before in this minute, but the, the first Spider-Man movie, it's got heightened levels of camp, which is fine. Because that's like the time we were in this transition over from the. But again, what makes it work more dark. than some of the '90s Batman movies is that it owns it. Yeah, it's uh, the same thing with Aquaman. It owns it. He also brings a touch of camp to this movie, 
to like there he has this campy delivery uh, like and i think it it adds to the storytelling it, it's like man like this movie's good he makes this movie great yeah. <laughs> and he, but he he's got this flair and it's over the uh, completely over the top persona yeah but yeah and it's just it's so much fun to watch well i mean it, it is so over the top because he's playing a guy who seems to very obviously be a, a probably a flamboy a flamboyant gay man yeah um despite the fact that the characters around him were trying to figure out whether or not that's the case or it's just that this guy is that different than the rest Freud of was right again uh, yes uh and it turns out yeah <laughs> that's, that's, it's a, a very Freud was right <laughs> yeah, the 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 it was there's a very subtly done because yeah. there's a lot going on in that whole scene because mm-hmm. he follows up. I still don't know what the fuck he says to that guy. When yeah, he gets to the top. I don't either. Um, but um, yeah, no, it, he completely nails it. It's that's the most meta the movie ever gets, probably right. Um, and it's all those things. It all turns out to be right. He is gay. Yeah, and it really largely doesn't matter. Yeah, other than as a plot device because. He crosses at the end. He crosses at the end. Him going into a gay bar. The the moment. The only moment you ever see him being gay is probably some of it's for that time. It makes sense. Kind of the self reflexively, almost self hating of a gay man who's got to live a largely closeted life. Yeah. Um. Because he's in bed with a gay man, and the gay man wants to cuddle him, and he's on the phone in business mode, not in I'm a gay man mode. Yeah. And he smacks him upside the head <laughs> twice. <laughs> Calls him a homophobic epithet and then moves on and then he <laughs> is in a gay bar trying to drink away his sorrows while process the fact that he got things wrong and he yells another gay epithet at another gay man what, and all the other gay men around him are like turn the turn of the like, <gasps> and he just like waves them away casually <laughs> and then the best part about this though where that goes so he does the cross dressing bit at the end where he you know he he gets himself inside of the compound and he gets really close to this one guy. And he's really owning the role. <laughs> and when his wig falls off, the guy realizes... Again, pretty on. meta. Owning it more than Willem Dafoe had ever owned anything. Right. Right. And then he, he kills the guy, and as he kill, after he kills him, he goes, Too far. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> he's really into it for a moment there. It was really funny. And then, the, and then immediately he, goes the, just the same amount of far, six seconds later, when he pops the next guy. <laughs> yeah. he, during that scene, I turned to you, I was like... He is having so much fun with this role. Well, there's multiple times during the course of the movie where, like, all of them are having so much fun yeah. with this. They genuinely, they gen- the chemistry works in this movie so well because they do look like they're having they're having a good time. Yeah. It, and it does, it works really well together. Everybody works well together. Uh, there's, Rocco is ridiculous. The only person who maybe outdoes Willem Dafoe in just turning his dial to 110%. Yes. Absolutely. The and- Though, considering the fact that that guy, I looked him up, only has, like, credited for, like, five roles in his life mm-hmm. and two of them are these two movies I feel like they had him in on as an extra and he delivered a line and they're like we're gonna make this big no you know <laughs> he's friends with the guy who wrote and directed the movie yeah. who wrote and directed the second one and then also directed like one other thing and that's it mm. yeah oh, man this movie is so good that, well, well, my favorite scene with Rocco we, we, I stopped and explained this to you like, hell he's even playing himself is when he his he name is David Del Rocco like, <laughs> he pulls his hair back and he points the gun and they do the they do the shot up the gun angled upwards towards him in the face and he's wide eyed and crazy and you you said you know very pulp fiction esque yes it's a very Quentin Tarantino style of a shot but what's more interesting to me about is that shot itself is like if you storyboarded this movie out that was one of the panels of the storyboard like it was a perfect panel like, actually that's probably the best way to describe this movie is uh, kind of a greatest hits um, 
of Tarantino and Nolan, though at the time it was yeah. contemporary to Nolan, so it's not like it was inspired by it. Mm-hmm. But still, that was the two things that I got. So I, maybe it would be whoever. I know Tarantino is just tried to be rated R, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, but I don't know what Nolan's. Um, I don't know who his like idols were. Yeah, I, and I'm not nearly enough of a cinephile to know what to know those things because I know a lot of times you can just like notice it from watching it like you can or it can be gleaned from a combination of seeing it and reading about the things that they talk about when they talk about their own inspirations stuff like that yeah yeah the cinematography storytelling the characters the dialogue you put Quentin Tarantino and Nolan together and you get this yeah it's like it's it's that it does it's it's perfect in that way like I, I and those are two two guys that I really enjoy their work two people who I wouldn't think necessarily would drive together as no. far as their it's interesting but oh man that's styles and how about and back to the fun that they're having when he when Rocco slams his hands on the table and the cat gets blown away and uh and Daryl so <laughs> Norman Reedus. I can't believe that happened <laughs> did that just fucking happen <laughs> it's like it's like it's almost as if if they were to set up that scene and rig it to happen like as a as a gag and let them just riff on it. That's how that's how natural it seems when they one of those it. things pure shock. One of those things like the decision that what's his name made. I can't believe I can't think of his name because I always have the names um, from forgetting Sarah Marshall, um, Siegel, Jason Siegel. Mm-hmm. When he decided, he didn't tell uh, Mila Kunis ahead of time, not Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell ahead of time, that he was going to come out yep. completely actually naked. Just to see. And just to get that reaction, in the same way if they had it's, done this this way, where yes. it's like, just have him sit on the table and have something rigged to blast blood on the wall yeah. and have the gun, a blank, go off, you know, just see how they would react. But, uh, yeah, because the way that uh, Norman Reedus like, dives over... What's uh, Sean Patrick Flannery? Is that his yes? Name? The way that like, he like dives over him, and kind of, like almost like as if he jumps into his arm like a Scooby Doo yes. skit, right? It 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 seemed natural, like he was actually like and I this, mean, good and on this, you. And the same thing, like you were saying later in the movie when all three of them get shot and they're ironing to uh, ironing them, yeah. to cauterize the wounds. You're like, oh my god, it looks like they're actually being ironed. <laughs> yeah, that was terrifying. I mean, like you, the way. Uh, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery's eyes go like super wide and like the veins popping out of his head. And there's and there's the spastic movements of yeah. that when you know pain's coming but you can't actually anticipate it exactly. So you've got that tightness and then it happens and you you jerk in yeah. a way that yeah. seems very uncontrolled. They did they did it all and they did it perfect. And it's it's just really interesting because I'm not saying that the, none of them are. I'm not saying like that they're any of them are particularly bad actors. I just haven't seen them in much doing anything nearly that good since like. Delivering a performance that well, and I do think that it has a lot to do with the characters that were on set, and I, I feel that's probably why it worked. Like they, they must have had a good, they must have had a really good relationship on set. They have, because they they all jived really well. Uh, the two of them actually feel like brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Rocco seems like he's there, fr- like really feels like he's their friend, and like they're protective of him, and it all it all comes through. I know that it's written that way, but you got to give a lot of credit to these guys for delivering like this. Like these perfectly. No, they're chemistry together. They look like you know old friends would look. Yeah, and it's it's or great. Real family. It's would fantastic. Look, you know? And I, I don't know. I actually am not sure if they. It'd be interesting to find out that the actors and the like if, if he was familiar with a lot of them. Well, I know that the director was familiar with um, Dave Del Rocco. Like, yeah. So, but other the other two, I I'm not aware. It'd be, of. It would be interesting to hear that just because I it would make sense. Like because it, it's it almost seems like if you were to make movies with your friends. And you were to watch it, it would it would be great. But they pulled it off in a way that 
anybody could watch it, and it feels great, yeah. <laughs> which is great, which is awesome. Oh man, I the what about the uh, the Yakavetti mob boss? What's his name? The Yakavetti uh, Papa Joe. Papa Joe. Another great character. Yes. Another really he. So that's well, the guy who sums it up at the end in the final scene. The the court reporter and got the next John Gotti here. Yeah, he's gonna walk. But the the that's why also the level of camp that I was talking about. He brings some of that to the table with his delivery. My mother, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, the oh, what I absolutely love the Italian part of the script that's not subtitled. Yes, it's fantastic because you don't need it. I mean, I know enough to understand what he was saying, but like it, it's it is. Goofy and silly, and it's the. Well, I think the, anyone can get what Bafalul means. <laughs> yeah, but the the best the best scene for me is the first time we see him when Rocco delivers the meatball sandwich. Tell me a joke. Yeah, no, before that when he he's sitting stone faced on the phone, just no reaction. Jumps up and yeah, yelling. <laughs> yeah, like because why, why it's the two of them about to fight? You think that he's breaking up, but no, he's he's going about his business, and you, you're just there. Like yeah. he doesn't get and like. And the, the, the slamming of the phone. Tell me a joke. <laughs> and then when it, after the joke, I'm depressed. Today. Tell me a joke. <laughs> I, I love. I think the best part about that, it gets that that particular skit has layers, right? It's really funny. The Rocco's so nervous. He starts telling the joke. He's self-deprecating. He's like, "I'm not good. Like this isn't good. I'm not funny today." And he's like, he he stops. Finish the, the joke. Sa- Finish the joke. <laughs> puts the puts the sandwich down. Wipes his hands. And like stares through his soul as he finishes the joke, and then after they finally relaxed, tell me another one. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> it's it's so good. And then when he, man, when he finally eats it at the end, um, egregious death, <laughs> juicy, juicy death. Uh, uh, his skull no longer exists. I would imagine so. Yes, you know that, right. It's uh, what's funny about that is if you listen to the sound cues, I believe you hear one silenced gun go off. The shotgun, and then the second silence gun go off just very quickly. Where you're just like, well, that third one, completely unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that scene is brutal. And uh, Willem Dafoe, he, I think he he cringes during that the, during the shotgun blast, and it's it's like this interesting like he understands. He doesn't feel great about it, but feels it's necessary. Like he's tormented by this decision, as you see. Like you know, he goes to the he goes to the church to talk to the priest, which is another great thing. And uh, he does the sign of the cross, and he goes, "Oh, whatever, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, that that scene is no, no, it's, it's whatever. Yeah, sorry. Oh man, I I love that. The oh, how about Rocco's got the priest by the neck, and he's would they ever hurt an innocent man? No, God, no. Well, not the two Irish guy. The Italian one's a little nuts. <laughs> no, I think he said the Italian guy's an idiot. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The Italian guy's an idiot. Well, maybe the Italian guy's an idiot. <laughs> oh, man. I. But uh, even that whole scene is, he's in the confessional. Yeah. The priest is got a gun to his head and being held by the hair by Rocco. Yes. Who is also has a gun to his head and being held by the hair through the next section of the confessional yep. by, was it Connor, I yeah. think? Just the whole thing. Oh my god! And in the background, behind the rest of them in a pew, is still Murphy. And, and you, you know, he's on edge, like wondering, like, what the hell's going on? And when Willem Dafoe leaves, it, his head's down so that he can't see him. While it's he's pretty crying. incredible. I mean, immediately we know that his his situational awareness is at a minimum. But the, there's only two people in those church, and it's not just the people he's looking for. It's people he's already met and spoken to before. Yeah. I, the only reason that it works is he's wasted. I know, but still. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It is funny. Oh, man, he's... 
I, I freaking love Willem Dafoe. Get that, get Batman, an Oscar. <laughs> um, couple, a couple of great lines. A couple of great things. The rope is one. There's your fucking rope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, what do you need the rope for? That amazing, and how the rope works out. Oh, these guys—they they always have a rope, and they, they always need it. And um, after the rope scene, where they fall down, this and is bad TV, and they're shooting, yeah, they're shooting everybody. We're good. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what this is, who's responsible for this. Bad TV. <laughs> Some James Bond bullshit. <laughs> how many bodies, Greeley? Eight. Ah, oh, nine! I forgot about the guy behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else want a coffee while Greeley's out? <laughs> you, I'm not getting another coffee. <laughs> Just, you know... I also... Put, also, put, you're better off putting a potato on the rope and dragging it down the street. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> you have more success with a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, the way that Greeley, that scene, when he covers his face, and he goes, onion bagel. <laughs> Anyone else want something? <laughs> I love it. Um, and, and and it's actually a great bit of storytelling, wrapping up the whole story that the, the, the three cops are helping them at the end. Yeah. Considering they weren't a part of the revolution and the quote-unquote fall of Willem Dafoe joining them in the dirt, dealing with this sort of stuff, that at the end, even the three of them are there. Like, I want to have... You know, you think about this sort of thing. If you were listening to villains at all, they talk yeah. about the thing. What's something that happened in this movie that we didn't get to see that you'd like to see? I'd like to see how the three of them get brought on board. Yeah, I'd like that's, to see that's the conversation true. how the three of them get brought on board. That would, yeah, that would be fun. I what I do I do kind of like the mystery of it though, like because what you do see what is on screen is the we know uh, it's three months how later. their relationship grows over the time because the, from the moment that he comes on screen, they're like, ah, oh, great, who's this guy? Until the last time that you see them on screen before the end. He's like, here's what happened. And they all flip open their notebook. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, Man. Not just all three flip it. It's all flip, flip, flip yeah. in a row. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, that's a great scene. Yes. It's really well shot. But yeah, like, and that relationship builds over time. And it's funny. Because it's same, same thing with the storytelling of like how the scenes happen and how they break down. You see them get closer and closer. Uh, Greeley is obviously always like the, the, the shit out of the sick. And then <laughs> as it goes into that scene where they're in the, um, in the hotel room, their, their relationship is... Their relationship builds in that scene where, like, he starts, like, oh, finally, like, someone's got to go to the gig. He understands. And then, like, then they start, they start to play, like, back and forth a little bit over the things. And then he obviously gets pissed off the next day because they didn't tell him about the, uh, the people getting killed in the diner. Oh, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> I, hate, I hate cold crime scenes. He's also over the top. I love it. You know, it's fine with me, but we should ask your mother before we see if your little, your friends can sleep over tonight. <laughs> oh my god, that is that is such a great that is such a great scene. Just the uh, he as soon as that cop says it, he regrets it. Yeah, and then it's like the thing where like the words have just left your mouth and you try uh, to like catch them and put them yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, uh, this movie is is such a blast to watch. Is that all you have? Um, Cause sorry, if, I'm if, just reminiscing about it. If it's so if good. it is, I have got? one thing to bring us. Okay, one, then I'll give you one more note beforehand. Uh, the other thing, I mentioned the Nolan S. storytelling, the great dialogue, all this stuff. The other thing is, it just, I, I mentioned this to you during, two, it, there's just certain scenes that just ooze cool. Like, and oh, I, when, the three, when he tells them about the, the, the six bullets, nine guys thing. Yeah, he tells them that story, they're in like, the way that that's shot, it's like an archway, and Connor is like leg up or like leaning on the wall, and... And, and Murphy, Rock, Rocco, Murphy's got Rock, his hand in the And Rocco's got his back to the wall, posing him on the other side of the archway. Yeah, and it's, it is as if a 
a modeling photography as I mentioned to you. Like it's as if some they brought like let's get a modeling photography in here and place these guys for the scene because mm-hmm. like one they just all look badass. Two, it looks natural. It doesn't look forced in the scene, and. I, I just, it blows me away because well, there's enough space between them where it's obviously want to stay away from each other, but it's still close enough. Yeah, that it's it still feels intimate. It's so I don't know, man. It's it's so good. I don't the way they pulled it. That is that's one of my favorite shots of the movie is the three of them in that archway. Well, it starts with the two, and then yeah. Murphy comes in at the end and d- doing the Norman room to smell the wipe. What was um? He Did you fucking tell him the thing about the? Yeah, I told him. Of course, of course I told him. <laughs> I like they're, def- they're brothers, but they're they're defensive over him like a brother too, which I like. He's like the third, the third brother, kind of ugly stepchild. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's great. Um, we didn't mention Billy Connolly at all. No, and he's fantastic. Chews up the screen whenever he's there. Yeah, which is why, like you know, let's keep this guy on the back burner because you're only going to focus on him when he's out there. And like he he does he commands the role he commands the delivery when he finishes the prayer it's the it's almost as if it's the first time you're hearing the prayer in the movie because it does it so good. Darling, I need you to watch. Yeah, it'll all be over very soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how about that that speech at the end that the two of them give offsetting sentences, the two brothers give yes. like a, a, like. We like, do not want your poor oh, and unwashed. It's so good. <laughs> we want your corrupted. <laughs> it's like. Um, I feel like those of you haven't like crossed over the line into our domain, like are just like ooh, like I just love that they've they've surrendered to the fact that they're not good either, but they're necessary. <laughs> it's it's a really cool the vigilante code. Yeah, oh. not good but necessary. They are real Batman. I love it, <laughs> and they don't have that law. Are they not killing Batman or are they Rorschach? And that's the mm, thing that Rorschach. you have to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, go all right. This so, is to bring us. Home home. on this whole thing. We the one thing or person we didn't discuss in this that warrants a note is the fact that I guess probably the godfather of mainstream porn, Ron Jeremy, <laughs> plays an underboss in this. Right. And the only reason I really bring it up other than the haha, the guy from porn is in it, is because Ron Jeremy in particular conjures up a specific story in my memory that I'd like to share with all of you. Okay. I won't use any names. Oh boy. But one of my best friends who I went to high school with decided he liked to toe the line of, you know, acceptable behaviors. Toe the line. And somehow got away with most of the unacceptable things that he did. No, we're not talking about criminal things. We're not talking about egregiously bad things. But things that were in poor taste that he's done in his life at times. Um, So another of our friends, and anyone who's listening who with school with me knows who I'm talking about this time. Um, his mother was a teacher in our school. Okay. In high school. And so the first friend decided it was a big deal when we had a new high school built. It was a year, a couple of years before I was in high school. So it was a big deal that they installed over the first couple of years TVs in the room. Pretty big TVs. TVs with backs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but large TVs that were connected to the computers of the teacher, so that the teacher wanted to put it up, something from their screen, mirror the screen, before we got smart boards or yeah. hard projectors that could be used for computer screens. Um, so in the course of school, and she taught history, so a name that needed to be looked up came up, and my friend, I don't know how because I wasn't in the class, but I've heard the story a million times, both from him and from others who were present for the time, 
somehow managed to finagle the asking of her of who Ron Jeremy was. Okay. And she didn't know, but it was at the time she was on the computer mirroring the screen. So she looks up who Ron Jeremy was. I think it was while she was doing an image search. (laughs) And some of his greatest hits. Showed up in thumbnail form on the screen. That's amazing. And that's just the story I want to leave you all with. That's... That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. Footnote to this story. He got in no trouble and somehow she laughed it off. (laughs) A a true class clown. Go ahead. That's it for this week's episode of Flicks and Six. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for coming out. (laughs)